0: Hello, and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We have got a banger of a show tonight. And to be clear, I am comfortable calling this episode a banger before it's even begun because I am joined by none other than the draft god himself, Thor Nystrom, NFL draft and college football analyst for Fantasy Pros. You can and should follow Thor on Twitter if you don't already, at ThorKU. Thor, really pleased to have you join the show for a second consecutive season to provide us with your expertise in analysis as it relates to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rookie class. For anyone who doesn't know, Thor is notoriously tough when it comes to giving out his draft grades, which is why I was pleased to see, Thor, that you gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a B- in your draft grades article. They were one of only four NFC teams to receive at least a B- from you, and I'm looking forward to getting some more insight from you on some of these guys. So if you're cool with it, let's start at the top and kind of see where this conversation goes
1: yeah let's do it good to be back with you man and it's funny like you know you say a b minus with like anyone else out there they'd be like oh what you know they think i've have, we have one of the worst draft classes in the nfl but like like you're mentioning i grade on the curve so like a b minus it's a, a true b minus i'm saying that is an above average process and by you know a couple notches so i that context has to be mentioned with that
0: 100 man and i did like i didn't even i just when i saw the b minus i was just like fuck yes Uh, like right away right like yeah
1: Yeah. uh, i had to give my own team the vik. i gave him a d something right like you know it's like you you have to call the ball where it lies and so like yeah i mean like if i say a b minus or above like i really liked your team's draft class
0: for sure man that's that's how you know you're a real one when you're when you're giving the the a d yeah um so anyway first first pick for the buccaneers was at 19 Almost everyone expected the Buccaneers to go with an offensive tackle because that addresses a clear need. If not, the thought was edge rusher, maybe a nickel corner, a Brian Branch, something like that. But Kalijah Kansi was the guy, and um, obviously incredibly rare speed and agility combination for a defensive tackle. But there's some size concerns there, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple layers to this question, and I'll kind of just let you go off. He was twenty second on your, your overall board, so this is right in the same neighborhood. Obviously, part of the reason why I assume you're cool with the pick. Um, how unique is he as an interior defensive line prospect? Do you think his lack of length will limit his impact at the NFL level? And what are reasonable expectations for Kansi over the next couple seasons playing alongside Vita
1: Vea? So, uh, th- those like that's the question with his evaluation, right? Like, I mean, like first of all, the unique thing you can't really place him with other guys, right? Like, I mean, like, Ed Oliver was the most recent guy who was, like, kind of like him, but not exactly. And then the Aaron Donald one's stupid because, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, the overall athletic pro- – like, I get if you put it next to each other. It's like, oh, you know, and they went to the same school and just look at the the things when they, they were at the combine. the difference between those two guys is Aaron Donald was, like, country strong. Like stupid strong, yeah. right? Like you know, it's like muscles on muscles, and like, I mean, like his contact balance and his body control, like that—that was other stuff. Like, cansey I actually think is quicker and has better agility than Donald, but he absolutely does not have the the body control, the balance, and the play strength categorically. That Donald—they're different kinds of players. So, like th- that one you throw out to me, it's like, you know, as far as, like, the the transition to the next level in this totally unique package that we basically haven't seen, right, as, you know, for a first-round prospect. Like, again, like, Oliver's the closest one that I can associate with, but that's not one-to-one. Um, it's, like, the bonanza ceiling for him, if everything works out and he is able to overcome the lack of length, it's Sean Randall. That is who he will be. If, if if he hits that ceiling, if he is able to overcome that length in the same way he did in college, he dominated without it. Right. And that says something to you. Right. But of course now you're jumping up against the better athletes who have the longer length, but it's like that level of dominance, it has to count for something. The athletic profile obviously does as well. Um, if, uh, if he hits the ceiling, it's John Randall. I think a more, uh, middle-of-the-road outcome, or maybe, you know, shaded even optimistically, I think it'd be at Oliver. Like, I I think that's the kind of guy he'd be in the NFL. And if it don't work out, he is a situational edge rusher that can only play on passing downs. I mean, he's still going to be worth a roster spot for sure. But, like, there is a line of continuum here, and he is one of the hardest guys in this year's first round. To say exactly, you know, like Anthony Richstrom with the quarterbacks, it's another one where you've never seen it before. We just literally never seen a guy like him before. So it's like, you know, if 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 you hit the upside, it's this. If if you middle of the road, it's may, maybe looks like this. There's also that bust outcome. Uh, I believe in Elijah Cancy. That's why I put him as high as I did. I actually put the bonanza comp in my, uh, you know, as you know, I do like the eight hundred comps or whatever. I put (laughs) the. I can't,
0: I can't believe how many comps you do, dude. Because that's hard. Like I know you put thought into that. Like I know you actually think about it. I think that's badass and super cool.
1: Yeah. No. So I thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Like, like you know, it's something where like most of the stuff I do with this, it's like. When I was a kid, I was obsessed. Like, I've never stopped being obsessed with college football and the NFL draft. It's been the same since day one. But, like, when I was a kid, I would consume as much of it as I do now of, like, other people's work. Like, I, I love the draft magazines. I loved, you know, w- once we got the internet. I'm old enough where I actually remember a time pre-internet. But, like, uh, you know, like, when the internet came along, then I could read McShay, Kuyper um Daniel Jeremiah comes along later uh Mayock was doing it for a bit like all the different guys whatnot and like you know you love that certain stuff but like there was stuff where it was like well why don't they do that like why don't why don't why doesn't anyone put out bigger big boards like why can't I get a, a big board that will tell me about guys that sign on Saturday night with you know I grew up in northern Minnesota when the Vikings are signing guys during the UDFA process why is there not a big board big enough where I can see where that dude, what, what he thinks of this guy, you know? And then it's like, you know, so then I, I, I push it to 500 players. And then I was like, why don't you just drop a comp on every single one? Cause that was something else that I like loved as a kid was comps. It's like, why don't more of these folks do comps? It's like, it's, I, you know, at that time, like I watched, you know, college football for sure, but it's like, I didn't have, I mean, like now my professional career, it's just, you know watch all the college football you can in the fall and then you know spring starts and you're starting to watch the film whatnot it's like i didn't have the same amount of time when i was a kid so like it's not like you know every single guy that i seen was like oh this guy is that guy but now, now i decided to do it and so it's like well i'll be that guy right i'll put i'll put a comp on on all different dudes even down to the udfa so i i appreciate that and that's that's where that comes from
0: i think people are afraid to to do it, quite frankly, you know what I mean, and they'll criticize the concept of making a comp for a guy. Yeah. But it's just a point of reference and similarities, right? It doesn't mean he's going to be that guy. I think you do a great job of walking that balance. You know, you're not putting expectations on someone. You're just looking for play style comparisons, size comparisons, whatever it may be. Um, for
1: sure.
0: Now, Canty, as you as you've alluded to, he's an outlier, and I love the co- comparison. To it's kind of like going for a home run because if he hits, he could be special. Right, yes. and I think we agree on that, and obviously he's going to need to step it up in terms of showing he can defend the run at this level if he wants to be on the field. Um, and I think having Vitavea in there is going to be a nice, a nice tandem there. Um, but I'm curious about specifically his his wingspan. He's under 31 inches, and that's another differentiator uh, when you're trying to battle off those big interior offensive linemen. You're getting yeah. double teamed. You're right. You need that length. Um, but I guess it's his it's his explosive athleticism. Like his feet are stupid quick, Thor. Like, it blew yes. me away. Like, he looks like a running back scampering through the hole. Like, it's crazy how how quick he is.
1: Yes. Like, it's wild. Like, like it, uncommon doesn't go far enough with that. Like, it's like you're scanning your brain of, like, who, who have I seen like that before? Who's like that? And, like, that's why I got so tough with him. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, sort of like with Bryce Young, like every time he was brought up this spring, it's like, oh, he's small and he's an outlier because of this and that. And it's like, why don't you guys talk about how he's an outlier in terms of his friggin brain size and his field vision and his ability to process the field and then maybe bring up that he's an outlier with his size too, uh, yeah. like as the end of the sentence. And, you know, it's the same sort of thing with with Canty. And yeah, like, yes, he's an outlier with the size stuff for sure. And yes, that may or may not be a problem in the NFL. That is fair to talk about. But it's like, who have you seen that plays on the defensive interior line? Certainly over the last decade coming out that has that same level of quickness, that same level of footwork, that same like, you know, as far as like the length stuff goes, it's like, well, they'll get their hands on you first. And so then they get the lead on the rep. But it's like, what if you can't touch them? Right. And like can't see. Even in those close quarters, it is really tough to touch him. It's like you ever watch karate kid where Miyagi, he's got the chopsticks and he's giving it to son and they're supposed to catch the flies, you know, with the chopsticks or whatever. That's what it's like trying to put hands on Kalija see. Yeah. Even if he's right in front of you, you gotta be very precise. The timing has to be right. If you screw anything up, he's by you. If you get off balance at all, if you overextend at all, if it, you try to do anything to compensate, you're you're now dead to rights and now your quarterback's in danger. I mean, it just is what it is. The other stuff for sure, you can talk about it, that elevates the risk profile, but you can't say that stuff without mentioning as well how high that ceiling could theoretically be because of that unprecedented movement skills.
0: For sure, man. I love it, and I'm excited. I think people in Tampa are excited. Worth taking that gamble on on what I think we agree is a high ceiling player. For sure, we'll, we'll see how the fit works. I love him beside Vita Vea. Vita Vea. is. I don't know if he's ever been on an NFL field and not been double teamed, so that should help alleviate some of the pressure Definitely. on Tanty. Um Okay, Buck second round pick Thor. You nailed this one too. He was 33rd on your board. Um, so you, I feel like for these first few picks, like your big board is aligned quite nicely with with some of the Bucks, which I guess. Uh, makes sense with why you like some of these picks cody mock north dakota state he was a tackle in college the bucks are planning to play him at guard um very versatile highly athletic linebacker despite how he looks you might not people are like what do you mean athletic like this dude is athletic especially in the run game they run a run heavy offense he is crazy in space like very impressive um i'm curious to get your thoughts on cody mock and do you think he has the tools to develop into above an above average pass protector at the NFL level because I think that's a big question knowing he's going to be used as a guard?
1: I I love Cody Mock and yes to to the like the yes, absolutely. Like the question about his pass protection, it had nothing to do with athleticism or acumen or anything like that. It's just technically speaking in conjunction with his lack of length, it's like other guys you know like those long-levered edge rushers they're able to get, you know, we were just talking about this, but like, you know, on the other side of it with mock, like they're able to get their hands on him first. And he is a, uh, well, first of all, he's a lunch pail type fella and a like, you know, through the echo of the whistle kind of guy. I don't want to say frenetic because I, I think that goes too far, but like he gets to work and he's getting after it. He's not one of those guys who likes to sort of sit on his heels and just sort of do the Sunday drive with you, shuffle in the arc. Like, and his footwork just is not there with that, like, on the edge. Like, you know, I mean, he didn't face many, like, elite dudes out there in the FCS, whatever. But, like, the times where the guys had the movement, sometimes you've seen him do the heel clicking and different stuff like that, getting off balance because the guy did a quick move to the other side, whatnot. Like, his footwork out there, the tech again, the technical aspect of it, the efficiency of the movement, stuff like that, that was really the only thing that you questioned about that. He has everything else with regards to that, like, you know, in terms of just the straight athletic profile in terms of the movement with that, like, you're not getting away from with with anything else outside of sort of tying his feet or using his own momentum against him because he just didn't do the correct step or whatnot. But like the run game stuff, especially as a guard when you're projecting him to the next level, it's really, really good. He is in maybe not elite, but if he's not, it's right up there. Like, he was one of the most athletic offensive linemen in this entire class. Obviously, he played left tackle at NDSU. You mentioned their super fun uh, run game, which it, it's always just fun to watch the NDSU tape because of all the fun stuff they do with their offensive linemen. And just, like, the blocking sort of schema they do, like, playing and play out. Like, it's just really fun. It's different than what other teams do. And, like, one thing that they would do with Malk quite a bit is send him out to the second level you know, different like pick off the linebacker. I, I'm trying to think if there's another lineman in this this draft that was better at that. Like, I can't think of one. I yeah. I think he's the best in this draft at that pulling different stuff like that, hitting the outside shoulder in zone. Like, there's offensive linemen that can't do that. It requires super quick uh, uh quick uh, quickness out of the gates or whatever, and then the the technique in terms of that. And like when Moke's coming forward. And it's like the aggressive thing. And you can sort of let him off the leash. He going to go and find someone and he going to plaster the guy. Like, and, that's and just he, what it is.
0: And who better for him to learn from? He's going to be playing beside Ryan Jensen, right? Another small school guy. Like Jason Light loves these small school dudes, man. Like yeah. Ali Mar-Pet, Marpet, Ryan Jensen. He, and I got to give it to, to Jason Light. He has been really good at identifying value in the draft along the offensive line. Um, I mean, w- jury's still out on uh, Luke Geticky. uh drafted last year in the second round which was a bit of a reach maybe most people's eyes he really struggled at guard the plan now is to move him out to right tackle um so he he performed a little bit better there and when he did play on in tackle but it's gonna be really interesting for the bucks to see how all these guys fit along one another versatility like the buccaneers and jason light and the scouting department they prioritized it was obvious best player available i already mentioned how they passed on an edge rusher or a tackle with their first pick which shocked most people in Bucks nation, but then here they didn't draft a tackler and edge rusher either. Right. So it really just speaks to them fault trust in their board, I guess. And they obviously are big believers in what Cody mock can bring to the table right away and what he could become playing alongside some of these other like-minded players uh, with similar attributes, I
1: think. For sure. Yeah. And he's going to be a Tampa Bay fan favorite from the get. Oh, like yeah. you got the long red hair. You got the gap to smile. You have the first down celebrations, everything like that. Um, yeah. Like he, Buck fans are going to love Cody Moog.
0: Love that. Um, okay, let's talk Yaya Diaby. So uh, you were about 15 spots lower on Yaya um, in terms of – you had him as your 97th overall player, edge rusher 15. Bucks took him at 82 in the third round. Uh, 6'4", 270. Really, really showed us something this past year with the nine sacks, 14 tackles for loss. So there's I mean, there's no doubt he's got the speed, the power, the build to develop into an effective pass rusher. And I think it's obvious based on on what they've said and, and where they drafted him that Jason Light and the Bucks believe he's he's just scratching the surface. What do you think, Thor, about Diaby's skill set and what does he need to improve on if he's going to develop into that starting caliber edge rusher, which I'm sure the Bucks envision or hope, hope he can achieve?
1: Yeah, that that stuff about their belief in him, like, that's that's correct, right? Like, because you have to do, like, a little bit of extrapolation of, like, the leaps that he made recently. Like, is he going to be able to sustain that in the jump to the next level with that athletic profile? But, like, you like the frame in conjunction with the, the super fast quicks, like, out the ball and whatnot. And in conjunction with last year, like, he was super productive. And, like, you watch him and it's like, okay, it seems like the light turned on for that kid. It's a natural sort of mental leap to get to. Well, that developmental arrow is going to continue to tick up. Like all that stuff we've seen with that athletic profile, like that would be my supposition too. And like, I, I like that they, you know, sort of went that direction and whatnot, but yeah, the, there is a, you know, the, the slight risk there is just like, you know, it took until later on to get there and then like, you know, you love the quickness and, and the athleticism with stuff like that. The play strength, can we can we keep working on his body, stuff like that? But like as far as the where they took him and whatnot and what they see him, like total total agreement. Not gonna argue with you know the the value that they got in that slot whatsoever.
0: Cool. Um Servassier so Dennis, uh <laughs> You were six picks away in terms of where you valued him and where he was taken. You had him 159. He went 153. This is a guy I didn't know anything about at all going into the draft. Um, Interesting player. I'm curious, does he have the potential to eventually become a starting inside linebacker in the NFL, in your opinion, Thor? Or is he going to be a guy who's going to be, you know, rotational? He's going to be depth and he's going to be a special team stud?
1: Yeah. So, like with him, I was just wondering about his pre draft testing right? Like, I, I wanted to see what that athletic profile is because he's on the smaller side. And, like, he was productive in college, and I, I love this game. Like, he zips around, he's like a, what do you call it? Like, a, he's like a fire extinguisher, right? Like, he's he's putting out the fires like he's an efficiency player. You know, like, he gets there uh, quick, and then he'll take the ball carrier down, whatnot. But it's like, with a with guy who has, you know, the frame limitations, whatnot, it's like, for that game to play at the next level, like he has to test pretty well, like athletically or at least get over a, a certain threshold or whatnot. And he goes out uh 7.28 Raz is what, what I'm seeing here now, Uh 46, 40. And then the, the jumps were elite and stuff like that. So it's like, you get that and you see them uh, succeeding at, at pit and doing that thing. And it's like, it's, it becomes easier for you to project that that specific game that he'll be able to overcome the physical, uh, you know, like th- just in terms of the size, he'll be able to overcome that because potentially because of that athletic profile, that was huge for him to do that. And yeah, like, I mean, like if that game coalesced the next level, like if the transition is more or less one-to-one, yeah, it's it's going to translate because you have the athleticism and you already seen it before, but like that, that's the only thing with him, obviously the bugaboo it's just the frame and the size but, like, again, between the production, between the athletic profile, I, like, I'm I'm pretty confident that, that that his game is going to translate to the next level. It's just you can't dream on things you haven't seen with him before because, you know, the, the, there is going to be a cap to him because of that frame. But the athletic profile gave him a thumbs up for me.
0: Some people are making comparisons in, in terms of, like, certain attributes and maybe play style to Levante David, who is – you know, maybe my favorite Buccaneer of all time. He's, he's, he's that kind of player to me, but uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Levante, David, but I will say it's a hell of a player to learn from.
1: It is for sure. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the exact kind of mentor The you, you, know, it's like, uh, you know, this is going lower down and, and, and a different team, of course, but like 49ers sign um, uh, one of the top fullbacks. Um, uh, oh, um, the kid from Oregon state Coletto. And it was so funny because it's like, you know, Coletto can play special teams, but it's like he, at, at Oregon State, he played quarterback, he played some defense, and then he played fullback as well. And it's like, obviously, at the next level, he's going to be like a fullback, H-back kind of fella if he is to stick. And it's like, what a perfect mentor. Okay. Kyle, Kyle check right? Like, yeah. like, if he is able to hang on, on, you know, assume, if nothing else, it's the practice squad, but like to teach him the rest of the stuff. And the point that you're making here. it's very well taken because it's the exact same thing. The kind of things that you need to overcome in the NFL or the little tricks that you need to have, whatnot, like to, to overcome the lack of, of size, lack of length, stuff like that. What better person to teach you? It's not like, you know, Levante David has to be his babysitter. You know, it's just like, give him the little stuff, right? Like, like, like John, uh, I'll give you a great example from like where I'm from, like, John Randall, obviously, you know, we, we talked about him before, as far as the comp with, with Canty goes, the Vikings, uh, I forgot how old Randall was at this point, but one year they select Chris Hovan out of Boston college. And he wasn't quite as small as, as Randall, but it was the same sort of thing where like his game was based on essentially movement and effort. Yeah. And like John Randall really made a point to be like, Chris, let me teach you some of these tricks that I picked up in my frame for getting off of NFL blockers that like shut down your first uh, plan of attack Different stuff like that really helped Tovan. Like this stuff's for real. Like it's, it's not like, just like, Oh, you know, y- you have like a veteran. It's like, no, he can give you applicable advice to your specific situation in this transition up to the next level that is going to changeably help your game. So like, I, I do think that's important. And yeah, I, I do think Dennis's ceiling for sure is a solid starting NFL linebacker.
0: Love it. Love that. Um, and yeah man it's kind of like having like an in-house like insurance on your investment like that player could be more valuable to you or your franchise simply because you have the perfect mentor in place assuming the character checks out and that's going to be the type of guy who's going to be willing to do that great reference there with use check um and i, th- I think you know that could be in place here um and also some familiarity obviously taking uh dennis alongside Claudia you a couple pit panthers in the building for the bucks um durham um, I mean, tape doesn't pop out at you a ton. Guy can catch touchdowns, he can make contested catches. He's certainly not very fast. Uh yeah. do you have any like quick thoughts on on him?
1: Yeah, so he, you know, I mentioned the last guy we were talking about, and like, you know, I need to see the athletic profile. I, I like Durham in college because like he, you know, he's reliable, right? Like, I mean, they they gave him targets consistently and like was reliable, but it's like, you weren't getting that explosive element. And so you're thinking about him at the next level. And it's like, don't love him as a blocker. Can't really think about him. Like, you know, winning at the point of attack as an inline NFL tight end. And so it's like, if his real utility, it's as a receiver and that is going to function in the NFL out of the slot. It's like, he has to be a good athlete, even though I like, I know he has skill as a receiver, but like that was my question about him. I obviously I was disappointed with the athletic testing. Um, like because you're hoping that you can, you know, like six. Five, he had a six five eight raz. It's not. It wasn't like um, who was that? Christopher Smith from Georgia, or like uh, uh, the running back last year from uh, UCLA who just fell on his face it was Demetric Felton or a year before. Felt um, like Browns took him. I think. I think. Yeah. It, like like it wasn't like a an abject disaster, but like for a. Pl- for me, if, if I'm going to give the slot to a tight end and say, like, we're going to be 12 personnel, but really all that, that means in this case is like, instead of having like a small shifty slot, you're going to put a tight end there. That's not good at blocking. He has to, he has to justify playing over that other guy with his receiving utility, almost exclusively by definition. Right. And like, there are guys that absolutely rise to that. Uh Dalton Kincaid, great example, right? Like, oh, yeah, you must play him in the slot. Clearly, the Bills know that they drafted, you know. I saw some people doing the takes of like, why would you take Dalton Kincaid when you already have a, a tight end one in Dawson Knox and you have other needs? And it's like, okay, guys, like you're for just forget about the, the position yeah. designation on the paper. It is totally irrelevant here. Uh, uh, they're not going to affect each other's playing time. Dalton not or uh, Dawson Knox is still going to be your inline guy. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, th- he, the guys he's kicking out. It's uh, not the McKenzie felt um, uh, the kid from Boise state from last year. Shakir. Like, oh yeah. yeah Shakir. It's, 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 it's like, that's the guy who needs to be upset about this. He yeah. ain't displacing Dawson Knox. He doesn't no. do Dawson Knox things. No. He, what he's going to be is your your wide receiver, too, next year. Well, yeah. it's it, – so, Durham, it's the same – like, he, I think he – that's what he has to do, and I like the receiving skill of him. Like, and I do think that will translate as far as his athletic profile takes him. I wanted him to test better athletically, so, like, I could sort of cl- uh, clearly project that. Where he is, it's this weird sort of – middle ground i i I comped him to gavin escobar who is another like super prolific collegiate tight end who like but he wasn't like a crazy crazy elite athlete and at the nfl level it just fell down a little bit and you weren't able to do the same sort of things because now you're facing the better athletes and the freaks out there in 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 the nickel roll and the defense um he durham has the skill to succeed there in the nfl it's just can he can he get by with the athleticism that he has it's going to be more or less middling for an nfl average tight end
0: fair okay we've only got a couple minutes left i'm going to quickly i'm going to skip over trey palmer even though i wanted your thoughts on him but that's okay i got no to no,
1: no 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 I, I i would love to i in fact i would prefer to get my thoughts on trey palmer just for oh, oh i love it i, I love want it. to tell i want to tell tam bay exactly what you're getting hell yes exactly hell yeah. what you're getting my comp for Trey Palmer, I felt like it was one of my proudest moments of, of any of the comps I gave out, the 800. Trey Palmer is Jalen Ragor. And and let me tell you, someone who saw plenty of uh, – well, Rieger, I guess. Um, I, I, I always pronounce a Ragor when he was at TCU. It's hard to break. But, like, yeah. I saw plenty of that dude at TCU. I understood why Philly was taking him. And then last year I got to see even more of his NFL work after he got traded to the Vikings. Trey Palmer is the same sort of freak athlete in a very similar package who has the exact same Achilles heel. He lacks ball skills. Yeah. And you see it both with him as a receiver. And, and the, the, like, I almost had to turn away when I re watched his special teams work because it was like looking in a mirror with the punt returns I seen from Rieger last year, where it's like, you know, you're, 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 it's like, does, is he actually judging where the ball is coming down? And then all of a sudden, like, it's way too far into his frame. Now he makes a sudden movement. He's like, Oh, I, I fucked up. Like, yeah. I, you know, and, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden, like he's sort of like fighting the ball into his frame. And like, there was a couple times last year where like just bounced off his chest plate. Now it's like out in the field of play. and It's like, Oh, can he, you know, go and recover it before the guys get down there? whatnot? You see that stuff from Palmer's film. It's the exact same thing. Can they fix that thing? And then he's a freak athlete. He's a fabulous athlete, yeah. both by the tracking, also by the combo, you know, everything he did in pre He's got to fix the ball skills thing. If he does, this is a crazy steal. If yeah. he never does, you're going to get Jalen Rieger's career.
0: Worth that gamble, though, for sure. I mean, that's uh, he's Dame Brugler's 13th ranked wide receiver, which is crazy to me when I saw You that.
1: can't teach athleticism. Like, yeah, I might. mean, like. He's like, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percentile athlete for the human race, the human species, for right? Sure. Like, it's it's like you just can't teach it. But can what we don't know? Some guys you can improve their ball skills at the next level, and like maybe you know, maybe he was you know before LSU stuck behind Butte, you know, some of these different guys, whatnot. Wasn't the greatest situation. It's the reason that he he went to Nebraska, but then he was getting pounded with way more targets and he had a great year there in in, in a very bad situation. But like you seen that lack of ball skills the same way you're seeing clearly that he is a freak athlete in, you know, in, in in that physical package, whatnot, but like that's, you bring that kid in and it's like, Trey, I know everybody else is working on a million different things. You and us, we're only going to be working on one. Your positioning when the ball's coming, your hands, once it gets there, you do not look comfortable with that. We need to improve that. If we do, you might even be an NFL star, but like we just have to start somewhere.
0: I appreciate you squeezing that, that little analysis in for us, Thor. It's valuable because I got, I got two more items on the agenda for you. Yeah. Um. And, and dude, like I just mentioned Dane Bruegler, He's a guy who goes deep on, on, on prospects as well, but there is no one Who's undrafted free agent's opinion <laughs> I value more, so I'm always checking yours out right away, waiting for those articles to drop. And uh, I know the Seahawks were number one. That was that they did a hell of a job. But seeing the wow. Bucks at number two, and I suspected they might be up there based on some of your initial reads on some of their players. The two guys I want to talk about, or sorry, three guys really who are all inside your your top 200 prospects that the Buccaneers managed to sign after going undrafted. Kayvon Merriweather, shout out to the hat you're rocking right now. Safety oh, for yeah. And Tristan and
1: don't forget.
0: Yeah, true. True. Hell yeah. 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 Raheem Jarrett, receiver out of Maryland. He was your 170th prospect. And then Sean Tucker, one, 194, Syracuse running back. I mean, all of those players fit a need, especially the safety and the running back. Um, and I, it sounds like they all got a legit chance to stick. What do you like about these guys, Thor? Uh, is it the depth of the Bucks on drafted free agent? Signings that you like, or is it kind of these three guys being there all on the same team is just a real nice coop for Jason Light and Co.?
1: Yeah. So, like with the UDFA thing, you know, like I have a whole, it's not just me. Well, it's literally not me eyeballing the class like it, it's based on these formulas that I have of like, you know, where they were ranked pre drafted and different stuff like that. And then you weight it way more heavily towards the top because there's a finite amount of roster spots that you get, especially when you have to cut down to the 53. So you, you weigh way, more heavily at the top of that class. Th- this is why the Bucks got, you know, my number two ranking in the UDF, like just behind the Seahawks, number two UDFA class in the NFL this year i love what they did at at the top um like and and there was decent depth like two four six eight they had nine different guys that were in my top 390 as well but like the three guys you mentioned like that gets heavyweight uh maryweather is a really good player who fell into a trap that numerous other iowa back seven defenders have fallen into with the with nfl evaluations these last many many years, ever since like they they had Kirk Ferentz and Phil Parker, which is just like all they're all in zone coverage, and so it's like you'll always notice like it's funny like with the draft media it, they always undersell the athleticism of the the you know the, those back seven defenders with Iowa because they never see them running in a straight line with a dude trailing a dude down the field like it's like I, you know I was I, like until I was blue in the face this spring I was like everyone jack campbell is awesome in coverage it's just and he's also super athletic it's just you haven't seen him like run the 40 yards in a row but like just watch him within the the you know like the responsibilities he gets like it's very clear but like it you know with with a guy like merriweather where he's not a star it like it it becomes an even bigger sort of thing he has to jump over like uh there's already sort of suspicion about him right like because it's like Oh, you know, all you had to do was just stay in, in this one spot, whatnot. And you had all these good players around you, et cetera. But like, super duper reliable. Um, he's in the, uh, uh, you know, what uh, good NFL frame, six foot 205. And then the athleticism was there too, uh, almost 79th percentile, whatever. You, you just put the athleticism with what you've seen on the field. I, like, to me, that was absolutely draftable. You have to put the caveat that you put on him with all the other guys, which is, I don't know how he would do if, you know, you ask him, like, oh, you have to go and play in the nickel. You have to trail this dude all the way across. I don't know. Never seen it before. But, like, as far as manning his assignments in zone coverage and as far as the rest of his game, it's like, this is clearly draftable. So, like, getting him where I'm, like, for free, right? Like, I mean, with just the signing bonus, very good signing with him. Moving to the other guys, like, Jarrett, I mean, you know, what were the odds that you could have gotten, like, you know, when he comes out of high school and earlier in his college career that he was going to go undrafted, you would have gotten stupid plus odds on that. Like, I mean, like th- this kid was an extremely promising process. Obviously, he was five-star coming out of high school. And he showed flashes throughout at Maryland. But, you know, w- with him, you're looking at he's under six foot. He's just a hair over 190, does have the athleticism, absolutely, which is the reason that that for, you know, the recruiting pedigree, everything like that he has to correct his own problems with drops. I don't think his, you know, like the things with like, with, with Palmer, it's, I feel like with him, it's more like ball skills. Cause with with Palmer, it seems more like he just doesn't know how to do it. Like, Right. right. Like, you know, in terms of like, you know, how do you do it when the ball's coming down on the punt? Like, Trey, what should you be focusing on in this moment and how can you best position yourself for that? Like stuff yeah. like that, or like at the, you know, how can you position yourself best as a receiver, you know, like whatever, and then, you know, get the hands up and how can we improve that? Like with, uh, with, with Jarrett, my question, it's more literally the hands um, and so like, that's something that he has to clean up. He, he needs to polish the routes and stuff as well. Like he has been leaning on the athleticism for a while now, which I can't begrudge him for because like, if you're an amateur pitcher that can throw 102 miles per hour, you typically only throw fastballs. But, like, now it's like, Rakim, that ain't going to work at the next level. Like, you, you yeah. we have to pause those routes as well. But, like, if, if you do those two things, you got something here. Like, yeah. all the other stuff plays. And then the last one, Sean Tucker, 1 billion percent would have been drafted if it wasn't for the medical things. And, like, that was something he dealt with in college. And then you, know, you had the really unfortunate thing where he gets flagged during the you know, when he's at the combine and they're you know, they does the medical evaluation, then they're like, Sean, we regret to inform you, like, you can't work out here. Yeah. Um, you know, because the uh, you know, the the um uh cardiac issues or whatever. Yeah. Like, and he dealt with other nagging injuries besides that, like sort of throughout his college career. So his the thing with him, it's it's can you keep him on the field? And like, is it safe for him to be on the field? Like, I don't know anything else about the the cardiac stuff, like. And I didn't stay in a holiday in Express last night. So I, I can't even, you know, uh, uh, venture a guess as, as far as, like, how that will progress going forward. Will that compromise his ability, whatnot? But, like, if he can be on the field, he absolutely should have been drafted in the middle rounds at least. And, like, if there was zero medical stuff whatsoever, I even think he would have had a shot for the back of day two. Like, yeah one of you know i we were talking about this on twitter but like certainly one of the most explosive backs in this class and the home run hitting uh speed but also like the ability to get yourself out in space he has all that stuff i prefer him with that stuff for instance like chase brown is another kind of guy like this um abanaconda is as well um they're slightly different but like i wouldn't you know again you take out the medical stuff like abanaconda against tucker that's that's pretty dang close because they're pretty analogous. They play in the same conference. It's the same sort of utility when they're on. Can you keep Sean Tucker on the field? If you can, he is going to hit home runs for you. Well, he, he doesn't. What need, it is,
0: and he doesn't need to be your bell cow, obviously, right? So if he makes a right. team, and I feel like he will. I mean, he's got to outplay like Keyshawn Vaughn, like to kind of get you know, like, and he's a different t- type of runner than your boy Rashad White, our boy now, or <laughs> and- yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude thank you for for hitting on those udfas man that's huge because i think getting an expert's opinion on them from an unbiased perspective such as yourself is so valuable last thing i'm gonna steal just like we'll see a rapid fire i got like 10 rapid fire questions for you man let's do it all right so speaking of rashad white is he an rb1 or a complimentary back
1: I would like him to be a complimentary back because I, I think his skill set so well, you can put him with someone else where it, it just coalesces really well. I, that's how I prefer him. But like, I mean, I think he can handle the usage, like if that's what they're going to do with him. But I would love for him to be a complimentary back with, with sort of like your meat and potatoes grinder fella.
0: Okay. Are the are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the second worst team in the NFL, like Peter King says?
1: Oh, no, that's Mina Peter. Like, I mean, did the did the Cardinals and the Texans still exist? Dude, well, he, he had yeah, it's crazy. I think he had the
0: Cardinals below them, but no one else. And I'm like, there's a hmm. lot of squads who don't have a shit ton of proven guys. Um, all right, appreciate that.
1: Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean. For me, it's I might just have a soft spot for Jamel Dean, but like I remember like him coming out and whatnot, and it was like, Man, is he even gonna be able to play football? And will he get the shot and stuff? And he did and like you love the kids where it's just like it just blows up then where they always had you know the ability they always had the athleticism and it's like they you know like they're your your body is betraying you and then you just make good on that so like maybe i'm biased but like i i just i love that kid
0: i got a soft spot for him too man they're both they're both super comparable too in terms of their performance um tristan Wirfs, any concerns moving from right to left tackle because it looks like that's what's going to happen
1: not for me. That, that like, I, you know, going back to that year, he was my tackle one. Uh, like, oh I, yeah,
0: mine too. Yeah, mine too, actually.
1: Yeah, like, and I had Winfield safety one in that class. Like, I, maybe it's just me and the Buccaneers were like reading off the same script or whatever. But like, they they tend to draft a lot of the decisions are similar to what I would make. And like, I thought Wurfs got super undersold that process because like people would be like, oh, you know, move him inside to garden. it's like, did you people first of all? Did you watch his tape? But yeah. second of all, did you just watch the effing show he just put on in Indianapolis? You're going to yeah. try to claim that kid, like, doesn't have the athleticism for it? Or like, um, so no, like I'm not putting anything past Tr- Tristan worse. Like you got the freak athleticism, of course, and you love the play style. He's super reliable with that. I, he's going to be fine.
0: Love it. Is Mike Evans a hall of famer?
1: Oh man. oh That's a tough one. Um,
0: only player For, in NFL's, NFL yeah. history with nine consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons.
1: So I know, like, by the numbers, he probably right on the line. I'm going to sh- – so, you know, maybe at this point, you know, with without any of the other work that we're going to see in the future, he'd be about a – you'd have to go with your own personal tiebreaker on this. My tiebreaker, where it pushes him into the Hall of Fame, is Mike Evans made Johnny Menzel a first-round pick. And the amount of ability that it would have taken to do that – is such that you know with all else equal with his nfl work being right on that line for me that is a tiebreaker congratulations mike evans here's your gold jacket you are enshrining camp
0: now. love it give him the hammer give him the hammer
1: exactly
0: um, yeah Derek brooks or warren sap
1: for, for me warren sap I, I like i just so love this game and i mentioned before that i love johnny randall and i know they're not the exact same but like those guys that are, like, this is the reason that I, I can't wait to watch Cansy in the NFL, too. Like, the guys with the stupid movement and stuff like that. And Sapp obviously had the strength as well. But, like, I, I just love the way he played. And I, I love his personality, too. So I'd have to go with Sapp.
0: Okay. Um, who is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year?
1: Um, oh, that's a tough one because they always skew it towards the quarterbacks. It's true. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say Anthony Richardson.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, defensive rookie there. I gotta ask you that one too. I'm sorry.
1: I'm gonna say mm, man, wait, I, I wanna say Devin Witherspoon so bad, but it all comes down to counting stats. Right. Um politics. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Witherspoon. I'm just gonna go on a limb with it. Like Will Anderson's obviously the safe back because you know that he's gonna play all the snaps and you're going to have the sack and TFL numbers, but like, I like to me, Witherspoon is different than guys we've seen in recent years. Like, I don't know if he gets enough interceptions to justify that, but I'm going to say Witherspoon.
0: Okay. Last one, Thor. If you could take one Tampa Bay Buccaneer and add him to the Vikings roster for this season and this season alone, who would it be?
1: okay well for i'm i'm biased but i'm stealing Tristan in worse yeah like okay. and, and, and yeah and and i know the vikings don't need a uh a, a tackle maybe as much as some other i don't care like i'm i'm just taking my dude like you know and yeah i mean like obviously like it, my, my bias is well known here but like that's that's the guy that i would want to steal off of that team and and the vikings could use a guard for sure we ain't kicking worse in there we'll kick uh Kick Brian O'Neill in there. Well, at worst, take over right tackle and then just have the nastiest offensive line.
0: I think anyone who said anything other than Tristan Wirf's would, would have just been mistaken. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, Thor Nystrom at Thor KU on Twitter. You can catch all of his phenomenal work over at fantasypros.com um super impressive stuff thor while i'm at it i'll plug my own stuff make sure you're checking out bucksgameday.com. day.com sports illustrated's only website dedicated specifically to covering the tampa bay buccaneers my twitter handles on the screen thor god bless you man can't thank you enough for having you on bucks fans are better off because of it and uh, i look forward to hopefully making this an annual tradition and getting you on again next year man
1: let's do it yeah always good talking to you dude and, and we'll we'll redo it next year
0: there it is all right take care folks